What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Jeremy Scott Fitness Podcast and Radio Show. Coming to you on this Friday evening here, really quick, with an episode on drumroll, please. Belly fat and how to get rid of belly fat, the unwanted love handles, uh, the thicker midsection, the spare tire. Uh, you insert any term and terminology, I've probably heard it all over the past decade plus. And honestly, I can't believe this is still a real thing that we're obsessed with and we're talking about. But since I get this question almost on a daily basis, and I've probably heard it uh, 10,000 times at this point, and I'm sure I'll hear it 10,000 more before my fitness career is all said and done, I'm going to give you guys kind of a eight-point checklist of, you know, how to really get rid of belly fat. In all reality, all fat, um, it, you get rid of it all the same, but I know people are fixated on it for whatever reason. Now, with that said, if you want to get into detail of, and I'll put it this way, I guess six-pack abs have become like the end-all, be-all, the holy grail of if you have abs, you're fit, you're a genius, uh, you're super healthy, insert whatever term you want. And if you've followed me or listened to me for any amount of time, you know that um, I don't believe that, and I think it's complete horseshit in all reality. You know, genetics is real. Um, you know, where we hold fat is real for all of us. But just know, like, if you see somebody who has six-pack abs, more often than not, they probably eat really well, and they probably work really hard, and they probably have decent genetics on top of that. It's probably a mix of the three. And then there are all the people who have terrible genetics, and they just really, you know, they're willing to die for it. And uh, for a lot of you out there, I'll say this. You can be really fit really healthy, really happy, and live a really badass life and never have abs. Um, it won't change your life whether you have them or not because at the end of the day, 90% of people will never see them and they won't know you have them. And the other people really won't give a shit. That's just my honest take about it. Now, obviously, what I do for a living, um, you know, it makes the money. It is what it is. Um, I feel good at this body fat. I feel good when I'm leaner. Um, and so it works out for me. Um, I'm naturally, I'm an ectomorph anyway. So naturally I'd be skinny as hell if I didn't lift this way, eat this way and train this way. I'm not saying I would necessarily have abs because I was once skinny fat and I had a beer belly. Uh, so it, it's not always in the cards, but for some people it's going to be easier than others. And obviously what you've done over the course of your life up until now is going to play a role in it. But the biggest thing people say is, well, Jeremy, how do I get rid of belly fat? Because everything else seems to be stripping away, and that's you know my, my trouble spot or my problem area, if you will. And just know if you guys are at that point where your arms and legs and butt are looking leaner, you're well on your way. And that's probably the last thing to go because we typically see people here strip away fat um, from the extremities in. So, I mean, their arms get leaner, their legs get leaner. Their upper back gets leaner, their upper chest kind of shoulder girdle area gets leaner, and then slowly it creeps its way down to uh, the lower back fat, the love handles, the midsection, whether it be at the belly button or just below the belly button. And you're always going to have a little bit thicker uh, layer of skin around the midsection anyway. All of us do. It doesn't matter if you're the leanest of the lean. Um, and then probably the last thing to go would be like your glutes. You know, if you are to the point where you have, you know, shreds and veins in your glutes, um, you're probably two steps away from dropping dead. You probably look great. Uh, you feel like shit, but just know that that's where you're going. And just so we're clear, if you guys really want to go into detail of my take on like our having abs worth it or, or having like a shredded six pack worth it, listen to the podcast I did on the cost of being lean, just so you know the price you're, you're going to have to pay to be there. And I'm not trying to discourage anybody from it. I never would do that. I'm all for you guys setting huge goals and really grinding for it. But just know sometimes what we want uh, the picture we paint in our brain really isn't worth the cost we have to pay to get it. And I use the example of abs for that matter because you have to give up a lot to do it. 
You have to be very meticulous. You have to be very consistent. You have to be willing to damn near die to get them. And even, not just to get them, but to hold on to them. Because to me, what's it worth you know, to work your ass off to be able to buy a Bentley, but you can't afford the payments? Does that make sense what I'm saying? What is it worth for you to work your ass off, live in a $3 million house for six months, but you can't sustain it because you can't pay the taxes and the utilities and you can't make the house payment after half a year? That's what I equate people dying to get abs for one day. Now, if you want to do something for a photo shoot just to say you did it or to compete or step on stage or you're going to do, you know, you're going to be on the cover of a magazine or you just want to do it for one vacation, you know, to show your kids or to to show your husband or wife that you could do something and accomplish a goal, I'm all for that. But just know... Everything in life that's amazing, that's special, that you know the one or two percenters are having, there's a certain price they had to pay to get there. And for a lot of people, it's going to be stealing a lot more from you than it's going to be giving you. But with that said, if you're on your way, you're grinding, you're hustling you're like, Jeremy, I want it, I'm doing it, it uh, it's naturally my lifestyle, I just want to know how to clean things up and get there, these would be the tips I would give to you in order to get rid of the last kind of layers of fat and to quote unquote lean out and be ripped and shredded and toned or insert any word you choose to use. Number one, you guys have to be at a calorie deficit. Fat loss is the key here. Fat loss is the goal. Um, you have to be consuming less than obviously you know you probably currently are. So if you're burning 3,000 calories a day, you can't be eating 3,500 calories a day. You have to be at a caloric deficit every single day. That's the name of the game. That's how every dieting protocol, that's how everything in fat loss works. You have to be eating less food, obviously, than it's coming. So understand that. So I think macros are the key inside of that, but understanding that it has to be an overall deficit. Typically, again, on average, we see people here do better with a higher protein, higher fat diet in a moderate to lower carbohydrate diet. I'm not saying you have to go keto. I'm not saying get rid of all carbohydrates. I eat them. I like them. They're just the easiest macronutrient to overeat on, and they're in abundance, and they're in almost everything we eat short of water and meat, essentially. So step number one, be at a calorie deficit and have your macros in order. I think those are the biggest things. If you guys don't have that in line, it's literally like you're ice skating uphill. And could you get there? Maybe, but it's very, very, very doubtful. So being diligent. I would say tracking your food on MyFitnessPal and understanding what's coming in and what's going out, planning your meals, knowing if you're going to eat twice a day, three times a day, if you're going to eat a, you know, pre-workout or post-workout. Uh, really have an understanding of what works for you, your body, and your lifestyle and understanding what's going out and what's coming in. No different than you tracking your bank account, your credit card, your mortgage payments, whatever it is, knowing A, I'm going to be spending more than I'm putting in. Simple stuff. The second thing, I think a lot of people need to eat a decent amount of protein. Now, opinions vary on this. If you have to eat one gram per pound you weigh, I I think that's probably excessive for the average person. I think if you're eating anywhere from like 0.6 to 0.8 grams per pound you weigh, that's probably the sweet spot and ideal. So for a lot of you guys, if you're a 200-pound dude and you're eating like, let's say, 100 in you know, 40, 50, 60, 70 grams. I think that's going to be plenty for you. Same things goes for women, but you have to eat protein. Obviously, it's the building block of all muscle. I think complete proteins are ideal. So if you say you ate some Doritos and it had seven grams of protein in it, that's not what I'm talking about here. I'm talking about fish, chicken, steak, eggs. There's a ton of plant-based proteins, pea rice, hemp mixes uh, that you guys can throw into the mix, but I think you have to be eating a decent amount of protein as well. Second thing, 
You have to do some form of strength training. Now, I'm not saying you have to go in and be a world's strongest man by any means, but you have to be challenging yourself with resistance. Uh, that can be body weight if you can control the tempo and speed. It can be with resistance bands. It can be with sandbags and sandbells. It can be with dumbbells, barbells, kettlebells, pushing sleds. All the above work, uh, just you know, literally picking up heavy medicine balls. There's a lot of ways you guys can put resistance on the body. I think we sometimes get married to a certain ideology and it has to be this way or it has to be that way, and that's not the truth. So I do believe you have to put your body under load at least a couple times per week. Now, that can be done in a Metcon setting. It can be done in just a strength training setting. It, there's a million ways to skin a cat, uh, but you have to be challenging yourself. So if you typically always grab 10-pound dumbbells, uh, don't be so soft. Try 15s, 20s, maybe 25s. You know, try to always be doing a either more volume or load or taking the same load, but slowing things down. Time under tension is the key. Really trying to attack all the muscle fibers in the body. And then obviously, you know, just try to be strong. And, and that's relative to all of us. I mean, some people deadlifting 250 pounds is a lot. Some people deadlifting 700 pounds is a lot. Just know where you rank genetically and, you know, what your body is willing to take and what you can put on it to, you know, A, obviously not get hurt, but challenge yourself. <laughs> and uh, I say that for the fact of, and I always use women as the example, and I love the ladies we have here, but they really underestimate how strong they are at times. And I think almost every woman I have in here could come in here and pick up the heaviest dumbbells and kettlebells we have and do some really some serious damage with that. The second thing, you have to add in some kind of an aerobic component, uh, but I think oftentimes people overdo the aerobic work, and sometimes that actually robs them of building muscle. Now, people will come in here, guys will say, well, if I do three... 30-minute Metcon sessions a week, is that going to eat my muscle mass? No, dude. You're talking about 90 minutes in a week. It's not going to do that. And even all the Metcon stuff we do, we put people under load, we do different things. It's not just straight aerobic work. But I do think there is a time and place for aerobic things. Even things as I would consider like, you know, non-fitness direct activities like riding your bike, but just cruising like on a beach cruiser or going for a walk for 30 minutes with your dog. Really basic stuff. Walking up stadium stairs, walking uphill, you know, popping on a bike, ski or a row for, you know, 10 minutes intermittently here or there can go a long way, especially if it's not to me so much the duration of it uh, it's the intensity of it I can there's people who can come in here and send a rower for an hour and I can do more damage on the assault bike in five minutes than they did in the entire 60 minutes now they might burn more calories overall but really the effect you know post-workout and the amount of effort I'm putting in in those five minutes I will say trumps their 60 minutes more often than not. So I do think there is an aerobic component you guys have to add into it. And again, if you're doing some form of like HIIT training, uh, sprint work, or Metcon stuff, I think is you know more than enough for a lot of you. The next thing, like I mentioned, you have to be meticulous with your effort. You have to be really knowing what you're trying to do and you have to be concise about it because your body doesn't know you want to be shredded. It doesn't know you want to be ripped. It doesn't know you want to look good for Instagram or for uh, your Facebook pictures or just to fit into a swimsuit or to impress your husband or wife or your, make your ex-boyfriend jealous, whatever the goal is. It doesn't know that. So you have to be very diligent with your efforts. You can't just eyeball things, at least when you're starting out. Well, I had this much protein and this many carbs and this much peanut butter and this. No, you guys don't know. You know how many people underestimate how much food they eat almost on a daily basis in terms of like, you know, peanut butters and nut butters. Oh, I only had two tablespoons of peanut butter. Please, everybody stop this. Go to your kitchen, grab your peanut butter or almond butter and measure out two tablespoons to me. 
it literally is like three fucking licks. It's like nothing is going in your body. Um, I have overate on nut butters probably most of my life. It's only now at this point where we actually measure it out and do it in individual packets. We can see like, wow, that's really not much at all. I thought I was doing two and I was probably doing closer to six to eight. Now, is that a huge deal for one day? No, but over the scope of your entire week, when you think you're eating 400 calories, but you're really eating 1600 calories, that's a game changer. So you have to be meticulous, A, with your training, with your tracking, with your sleep, with your rest, your recovery, because you're trying to become part of an elite group of people, people who do not have you know, hardly any belly fat, people who have visible abs, whether they be you know, soft and watery abs or completely ripped and they have veins popping through. You're in a 1% category, meaning you walk into a room of 100 people, there is not two other people in better shape than you. It just doesn't exist, and that's why I've said this before on another podcast. There is far more millionaires in America, about 12 million, I think like 11.8 or something like that, or close to 12 million. There's close to 12 million millionaires in America. I would bet my life that there is not 12 million people in America with ripped abs. There just isn't. That's the kind of elite group you're trying to walk into, and you can't just do it blindly, and you can't just bullshit your way through it. It's Again, I'm not trying to rag on anybody who's ever come in here and said this to me. But when, and again, I'm not saying I'm God's gift to physiques or the way I look or the way I move or how strong I am. I'm just a dude who works really hard and I put in the time and I look and I move and I feel a certain way and I can perform um, at, at what I would consider a high level. And people walk in and say, Jeremy, I want to look just like you or I want to have abs like you do. I'm like, the, the fucking audacity you have to say that um, and, and do it like so, like a social nonchalant. And again, I'm not saying you can't do it, but it takes a Herculean effort to do that. That'd be like me walking into you know, somebody's office who has a net worth of $100 million. And it'd be like, hey, man, I just want to make as much money as you make. Well, no shit, who doesn't? But it's going to take, if, and if he told me what it took him to get there and what it's taken him to sustain that level of wealth and acquire that over time, week after week after month after month, year after year, I'd probably sit back and be like, holy shit, I don't know if I'm willing to give up and take on that much stress and leverage that many things to make that much money. It's the same way with having completely ripped and shredded abs. So you have to be meticulous with A, how you eat at a deficit, tracking the macros, getting quality sleep, not stressing about your life, training properly strength-wise, training properly with aerobic work, and the last key is doing it consistently over time. That's probably the biggest thing. A lot of people can get jacked up for a week. A lot of people can get excited for a month or three months or six months, but can you stick it out for a year? Can you put the work in for two years or three years and keep it going when you haven't seen monumental success or progress? That's probably the biggest thing. And it might take you a handful of directions to figure it out. You might have to tweak you know, how many meals you eat per day or what the macro ranges are or your activity level. You might have to increase it here or there. You might have to get yourself another hour of sleep if you can steal it. But being meticulous and being consistent are keys, you guys, to really getting down to the lower levels of body fat and stripping away uh, the last few layers there. And I guess kind of the last takeaway is you can't quit. You just have to keep trying and keep going. And I think the longer people are in like a bigger, unhealthier state, the harder it is for them because the more we eat like shit and drink like shit over time, the more fat cells we basically essentially create on the body, like little fat stores around your system. And once they're there, they never go away. You can shrink them down by not feeding them and they can be dormant, but they're always there. So I think the longer you can be in good shape and and the better strides you can make overall, the healthier you're going to be and the easier it's going to be for you to slowly strip away the body fat. And just know it's it's a forever thing. And these what I'm sharing with you is not super amazing. It's not super sexy. They're not secrets. 
But this shit works 100% of the time. It truly does. The thing is, you have to do it forever. And that's the hardest thing. And obviously, for all of us, we're all getting older. Father Time is literally right on our heels. It is dragging us down. It's putting wrinkles on our face and gray hair on our head or taking our hair away for that matter. Uh, but you have to understand that it's always going to be a battle. It's always going to be a fight. It's something that you're going to have to manage and work through 24-7, 365 for the rest of your life. And I'm not saying you can't go out and drink beer and eat pizza and have donuts and cookies. You can do all that shit, but you have to be very diligent about it. You have to be concise with your efforts. You have to plan it around your workouts, around your sleeping, around your training. And when you go on things like vacations and work trips, you're now the person who is working out on those trips. You're the person who's getting up before the work meetings and training. You're the person who is staying up a little bit later to squeeze in the workout at night after you've been in a conference meeting or, you know, out entertaining clients for 10 hours. You're the one in the gym putting in the work, you know, banging out thrusters, hitting burpees, doing big boy walks in the treadmill, whatever it is. You're the person who travels with athletic greens. You're the person who, who's always pounding water, who's skipping drinks, who's stripping, you know, the bread off of the food and just eating the chicken and the turkey. You're the person who's conscious of macros even when you're on vacation and even when you're with friends and family. Now, I'm not saying you have to go that extreme all the time, but if you always punt it on vacation, if you always punt it on work trips, if you always punt it on Friday and Saturday and you only do the right things during the week when you're like in town in your routine, you're never going to get there. Some of you may be able to. Genetically, you might be luck- just lucky enough to squeeze by, but for most of us, that's not the, that's not going to happen. We have to put in a Herculean effort to get there. So those would be my keys, you guys, to stripping down the last layers of belly fat or body fat for that matter in general. I just know the biggest question I get on Instagram and email when people come in here, it's like, I want to have a stomach like so-and-so. I want to have a stomach like this. I want to have abs. And I get it. It's, it's super cool. Um, it's sexy. It's great. Everybody wants to feel confident in their own skin. Um, but just know, like anything in life, you're making it worse in your head than it is in reality. Um, I notice so little about people uh, in their life and what they do. And I don't mean that in a, in a context of I don't care and I don't give a shit because I, I know everybody's name here. I know they have kids. They're married. Typically, I know uh, where they live. I know what they do for a living. I know who they're friends with in the gym. I know what their interests are outside of the gym. But things that they think are important, like if they're if they have uh, extra belly fat, if they have uh, some you know asymmetries in their body, uh, honestly, like what kind of car they drive. I told my mom this uh, on vacation here last week. I'm like the things that we put value on and think are important in life in general, we think other people notice, but we don't. And I told her that I go, I've been to your house numerous times, and we were just there last summer visiting my wife, and I'm like, I don't know what kind of appliances you have in your kitchen. I don't even know what color they are. I don't know what color your countertop is. I don't know what color your cabinets are. Now, I give that example because like that's something that people put importance on. Oh, we have to have a cute, beautiful kitchen. I understand that, but I don't notice that kind of shit. I don't notice people here in the gym if they have a little bit of belly fat or they have abs because they're wearing a shirt 99% of the time. And if they take off their shirt on a vacation, they post a picture on Facebook or Instagram, odds are I'm not going to see it anyway. But if I do... I can't tell how thick their stomach is. I'm not zooming in on the photo and staring at it because guess what? I don't give a shit. It doesn't matter. If they're healthy and they're happy and they feel good, then rock on and do your thing. And I know most of you are doing it hopefully for yourself, but if you're doing it to impress somebody else or trying to do it for some other crazy reason, just know it's going to be really hard for you to do, but it can be done if you're at a caloric deficit if you're eating adequate protein, if you're doing some version of strength training and doing some form of loading, 
getting in quality aerobic work, you're meticulous with your effort down to the details, the things that you don't think matter, they do matter, and you have to do that consistently over time and you can't quit when you have a shitty day and something goes wrong and you can't just have a, you know, a binge moment just because you want to have a binge moment. Now, every here and now, for sure. But more often than not, you have to stick to the script and do your thing because it's very hard to do, you guys. I just I can't say that enough. Um, I meet so many people who are fit, they're amazing, they're powerful, they're strong, they're sexy, but they get hung up because of their own worst enemy thinking, well, I have to really strip away this last few layers of fat, otherwise I'll be a failure or you know, I'll hate myself or whatever, insert whatever thing, story they're telling themselves every single day. But just know, if the only thing you have left on your body is a little bit of belly fat and thickness... The first thing, one, it's way worse in your brain, in your mind, and when you look in the mirror than when anybody else sees it. I promise you that. Number two, know if you want to get it done, you can, and you're very close because if everything else is lean, that's the last little bit of fat you're holding on your body. And number three, you have to be so diligent with the effort, and you have to be willing to give it time. That's the thing. I think people think, well, I've been eating really well for 45 days and nothing's happened. It might take you 180 days. It might take you an entire year. And just know over time, you're going to be eating healthier. You're going to be eating stronger and leaner little by little by little. It's incremental progress. Don't think you can do something for 42 days and it's going to be perfect. Now, if you put a Herculean effort in for 60, 90, 120 days, you can do some real damage. But what I would tell people is if you're doing it just for a one-off shot, awesome. Go crazy. We can talk about how to get lean for a photo shoot or vacation. It's a whole different podcast in general. But if you're doing it overall, my take is this is do it slowly, do it correctly and make it lifestyle based. I think that's the key because to me, doing something just for a few seconds, if that's the goal is fine. But again, I always use the example of it'd be super cool for me to drive a Bentley. But if I can't really sustain it, what's it worth? It'd be really cool for me to live in a $10 million house, but if I can't sustain it for more than a year, what's it really worth to me? I like to do things that are sustainable for a lifestyle, things that I can integrate into my life now that it might be hard, I might have to manage it, but it's not stealing other areas of my life and it's not taking away from me enjoying time with friends and family and traveling and doing really fun, cool shit. Now, for my personality type, I don't view it up view it as kind of me having to give up as much as probably somebody else does because I have no interest going to the bar and drinking booze on a Friday, Saturday night. I don't. I don't feel like I'm missing out on happy hours or social events with friends. I really don't. In fact, when people invite me somewhere, say, hey, we're going to meet at this bar at six o'clock on a Friday night, it's kind of like my worst fucking nightmare, actually. So for me to give that up is not a huge deal. But for some of you, that's fun. You enjoy that, you love that, and it, you feel like you're missing out. And I empathize with you there. If you're, you know, getting invited to, you know, a football tailgating event all day, and you have a real hard time turning down booze and food, you can go to that, and you can have the food, and you can have the booze. But that means you're going to have to be perfect on your own. I call it suffering in silence. Basically, it's like on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, you have to be diligent. You're at a deficit. You're training. You're super hydrated. You're getting quality sleep. You're not stressing. You're putting in the training efforts, and then on Saturday. You wake up early, you train, you go to your event, you do your thing, and then Sunday you get back up and you keep rocking towards it because you're trying to do something again that very few people are ever to do. Almost every person has some excess belly fat or some stuff hanging off on their body, and almost every person in the world to a T, if you ask them, could you be a little bit leaner? For sure. Um, and that's where it comes down to you guys, A, being meticulous, being consistent, not quitting, and then, again, always asking yourself, is the juice worth the squeeze? We have a lot of amazing people here, and if they cleaned up one or two things in their diet and gave you know one or two you know percent greater effort in their workouts, they could get there. 
And that doesn't seem like a lot, but sometimes it's that 1% or 2% swing that makes all the difference in the world. So hopefully that answers you guys' questions who have been asking, hey, how do I get rid of the last you know, little bit of belly fat? What would you suggest I do? Track macros, be at a deficit, make sure everything's on point, and consistently do that by giving it time, you guys. Not being so hard on yourself and, and measure things in incremental small progresses. You know, If you're taking a photo maybe once a week, once every two weeks, and then comparing, I think it's fine. If it's DEXA scan, clipping your body fat, um, if you want to step on a scale once a week, I think it's fine too, even though I don't think it's a great metric of, of progress or success. And just know if everything else is lean on your body, that little last bit of belly fat is going to be the last thing to go. So with that said, what else we got in the docket this week? I got a handful of other podcasts we're going to drop here uh, on some basic stuff, but I just want to throw this one out there because it's a question I get a ton. I think I've answered it in like 97 different ways, but this is probably as concise as I can be with it. If you guys are asking for like, you know, direct ab exercises or work, honestly, I think, you know, picking anything up over your head that's heavy is a great, you know, core trunk activator. Uh, I think farmer's walks are great uh, for core strength. I think pushing sleds, I think squatting, I think deadlifting. If you want to go direct, like rectus, if you can do pull-ups, obviously do pull-ups. But the ab wheel is a great tool. I think if you're trying to stretch the front six, like rectus abdominis, that's going to do it. Even though it it works the entire corset of your abs, your obliques, intercostals. I do love the ab wheel. I love like a body saw variation where the feet are actually sliding back. If you want to think of that as like the reverse of the ab wheel, I think that's key. Kettlebell swings, uh, skier swings are another one of my favorites. Uh, if you want, if you can go toes the bar, I think that's cool. But I think for most of you, um, you can all probably progress through the ab wheel, at least from your knees, and get a nice good stretch. And, and it will truly strengthen the core. And that way, when you have thicker abdominals, even if the body fat is higher, you're probably more likely to see the abs kind of stick and pop through. Now, on the same note, it will you know build up the thickness of the muscles. So if you are you know heavier and you go back to gaining weight, your stomach will probably be thicker than it was before. But most of you, if you're eating right and training the right way, it'll give you some definition in your your six pack or the four pack or the eight pack or whatever you know how your ligaments connect and look on the body. So uh, the ab wheel is a nice tool. You can throw it in a handful of times a week. You can do it every single day if you want to. But for most of you, just focusing on total body movements, uh, you know, doing you know legit aerobic work and picking up heavy stuff is going to be the key for you. So uh, if there's anything I missed on this, you guys shoot me a message, hit me up, let me know. I'm happy to get on it. Uh, side note, handful of new podcasts coming out this weekend. I will also do a, uh, what else we got going on? Our 47-day transformation is now open for registration. For you guys, that is our flagship transformation program. Probably in the next week or so, I'm going to share. Um, if you guys are interested, shoot me a message. I'm going to throw this out there. Hey, Jeremy, I really want to do it. Um, I'll give you guys like a special podcast listeners uh, discount code if you want to go on it, which I've never done before. Uh, typically, we sell this program out. It, uh, it really is life-changing if you let it be. We talk everything, obviously fitness, nutrition, a lot of habit stuff, a lot of rituals, a lot of routines. We have a huge personal development piece inside of that. So everything I talk about on the podcast but even in more great detail. And obviously, I coach you guys every step of the way. So I'm in the group answering every questions. I'm going through it with you. Uh, my wife is in there. A lot of our rock star athletes here have been through it a handful of times. They typically re-up and do it. I get a lot of repeat uh, people in there because it is, it's very time-consuming for me. 
it's very taxing, uh, both you know, obviously workload-wise, but emotionally too, because people share a lot of stories in there, and we drill on a lot of stuff, and we try to get you guys to really transform, not just in the 47 days, but far beyond that, and get you really into some habits, rituals, and routines that help you live a healthier, happy lifestyle, not just, again, for the two months you're working with us, but for the next 25, 30, 40, 50 years, or until you're dead, and I think most people walk away with some really life-changing results mentally, physically, spiritually, and emotionally, and that's kind of what the program is all about. We touch on all four pillars of fitness. And uh, it's the one thing other than, you know, the community of people here and the relationships that we've created that I'm probably the most proud of just for the fact of uh, if you go on our YouTube page, you can literally watch hundreds of people share their stories and testimonials of not only what they look like, but verbalize their experience of how they're eating better, training better, you know, speaking to themselves better. Maybe, you know, they have a better relationship with their husband or wife or a relationship with food and with fitness and a better work-life balance overall. And that's really what we drilled on. So that's going to start in about, I think, 28 days. I think August the 12th uh, it launches, but we close on registration at couple days before because we have to get you guys all the materials and really kind of walk you through the steps of, of how we do it. So if you're interested, shoot me a message and say, hey, Jeremy, I'd love to know more about it. And uh, I will share a unique podcast listener's discount code to give you guys at least a couple bucks off. Uh, just my thank you to you guys for listening. And it really does, uh, it really can change your life uh, if you let it. And again, if you're looking to strip away belly fat, uh, the, the 47 day will for surely dig down on all the things I spoke on today. And hopefully we can help you guys get there in a very healthy, happy lifestyle based format. So uh, outside of that, anything else you guys want to hear on the podcast, shoot me a DM, hit me with the message. I got a bunch of requests yesterday. We will do one on nutrition, uh, Q&A in detail, and just an overall podcast Q&A on nutrition. Then I have another one. I think we have it from like a Lewis House click. I think it was, we're talking like overall, like the eight qualities of life to improve your life and make them better. So I might share that tomorrow uh, if I get time. So uh, hopefully you guys have an amazing rest of your Friday evening. I had to go squeeze my own workout in here and head home because I'm exhausted. But nobody gives a shit. The work has to get done. And so sometimes me just talking to you is my own self-motivation. And if you're on iTunes right now, stop. Don't be a lazy ass. Open up your iPhone, your iPad, your MacBook. Click the iTunes icon or the podcast app itself. Scroll down. Drop me a five-star Leave a comment. It takes all of about 30 seconds. I truly appreciate it. Your honest thoughts and opinions. Um, it, it's nice for me to read it and see it. I love your guys' feedback. And selfishly, obviously, it helps us up the podcast rankings and uh, make money and do all the cool shit we get to do so we can keep giving you guys awesome free stuff. And uh, if you do dig the podcast and you can help anybody, you know, if you're a trainer, share it with your clients. Or if you're just an average listener, your friends, family, people who are looking to be fit and be healthy and kind of change their, you know, their mindset and their lifestyle, and they want to cut through the bullshit and get real uh, life advice from a person like myself who lives it and has been coaching for well over a decade, uh, it would mean the world to me. And again, the casket effect you guys have by sharing positive information to people goes a lot further than your reach can ever imagine. So, until next time, eat well, train hard, be nice to people, and please. Just keep doing shit you love of people you enjoy because your life is too short not to. I'll talk to you guys soon. Peace.